Do I hear, is that rocks in a glass that I hear? That was rocks in a glass, and by rocks, for those of you who are perhaps not familiar with the alcohol, that means ice cubes. For those of you who are not uh, beverage enthusiasts. Sure, sure. Because after there all, this is this is a, cycl- uh, a cycling podcast, so we, there's no expectation that people be beverage enthusiasts. That's true, actually. If, I mean, if it were a beverage enthusiast podcast, that might be different. Um, but that's not what we do. No, but uh, no, it's it's you know, um, I've got myself a little old fashioned here. Um, that's nice. Friend of the show, friend of the show, Andrew Thompson will be very pleased to hear that I I use essentially his old fashioned recipe. Um, Except that uh, I've gone from putting sugar in the bottom of, of my mixing glass to using simple syrup that I keep on hands, on hand at all times. So, but thanks for that tip, Andrew. Appreciate it. We no... salute you, Andrew Thompson. <laughs> There's no water in here except in the simple syrup. I, I pretty much skipped the middleman. It's just like, all right, let's not. I don't want to be mixing up my my sweetener ahead of time. While I'm, it's like I need a drink. <laughs> damn it! Uh, all right. Well, this is the Honest Bicycle Program. It's just me and Mario this week, which is a nice change from. Well, it's not a nice change. <laughs> I mean, like that came out wrong, but it's it's unfortunate. But I mean, it's a change from being just me and Francis, and now it's just me and Mario. Um, some of you might know this is a bit of a last minute thing because me and Francis did a show. We talked about some things. It was pretty cool, uh, and I was like, all right, gonna get it out gonna get it out on the weekend um and then i got to listening to the audio and it was uh, something happened i don't know exactly it was bad uh anyway that show will surface it will come to light i'll do my best it's gonna sound not so good but uh in the meantime (laughs) that's probably the next thing that comes out in the meantime and i'm sorry about the delay between this uh from our last episode to this one but uh you know it i guess it happens anyway we're we're back we're back even if it's not the trio just yet we're gonna make that happen um i blame these people being super busy i apparently don't have a lot going on anyway that's my soliloquy about the situation we tried to do i should mention before um i shut the hell up uh for a minute but i uh, we tried to do this thing last time uh where we broadcast live and it was super fun that was cool i really love to make that work um however it turns out that broadcasting what you're doing live and also trying to uh like hold a conversation over skype and like get good audio and that that sucks down uh that requires a lot of bandwidth uh in internet you know internet terms that's 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 what we call it that's for those of you who are bike. not internet enthusiasts those of you who are like, not internet enthusi- enthusiasts that's yeah. like the amount of internet that you have it's the amount Just... of internet that you have exactly <laughs> and it turns out that i do not have that much internet at my disposal uh, so that was a problem. So uh, we might do that again sometime, but I'm a little bit nervous about having other problems like that happen. So um, I'm sorry because I think that that's really fun, and um, I will kind of keep my ear to the ground on that. But uh, alas, I'm not sure it's going to be practical. All right. Uh, so what are we doing? You know, well, it's been a little bit of, a little bit of time since we've uh, we've talked about things, and I know that mm-hmm. you. Uh, you were away on a vacation to mm-hmm. the bicycle capital of the universe. True, true. That Which assumes is they don't have bicycles Europe. on other planets with uh, alien life. We Which don't. They might. We don't know for sure, but the scientists are still looking into that. They've got they yeah. got um, telescopes that are just even more and more powerful these days. It's true. So, so this just... is just based. 
Yeah, based yeah. on the information we have, bicycle center of the universe. And that's the other country in the world, Europe. It's true. Uh, yeah. So, and I spent quite a lot of time over there. And by quite a lot of time, I mean eh, two weeks. You know, whatever. And I spent only like a week of that in like bicycle landia. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, uh, they, as they call the northern provinces. Um, uh, yeah. Well, you know, um, it's very complicated. It involved like the Holy Roman Empire and then like, I don't know. France and orange and whatever the oranges somehow involved, um, but but anyway, now in the modern in the modern times we have the provinces of Bicycle Landia, um, where bicycles are very popular, and that's where that's where I was for about a week. Well, me not just me. I mean, I wasn't alone. I had my wife with me, and you guys went to Rantz to see the the cyclocross there to see some of that yeah. sweet veld riding that I've heard so much about. Oh, that veld riding. Yeah, it was great. So, yeah, I only recently figured out, I only figured out on this trip, like, how to pronounce Dutch words, sort of, uh, which was a really exciting experience for me. You just, um, you have to, you have to have a bunch of gravel in your throat, right? Some gravel is required, um, depending, like, if there's a G or something, or a CH, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if you want to say the, you know, like, the number eight, you know, like, acht, acht, something acht. like that. Acht. Yeah. Sounds like you're just like, eh. 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 Whatever, but yeah, yeah. So some, you know, that was fun. I did see this the field, uh, the Feld riding. Um, that is that is what it uh, that, that is the word. And I talked about that a lot uh, in this episode with Francis that will eventually come to light, um, <laughs> and hopefully not too long. So I don't want to. And I talked way too much in that episode. So uh, you know, uh, but but I'll just say you know the Cliff Notes version of what I said there is that it was cool. Um, luckily the conditions were dry, um, because that field, as it turns out, this is held on like what is normally like a cow field on the side of like a giant hill. Um, so there was a lot of poop, like a lot of poop and the rest of the field is very bumpy. It's like, if you've ever done a cyclocross race and you're riding across a field and it's like pretty nice and smooth, like, I don't know, like a golf course or something. You're like, ah, this is great. This is like the opposite of that. It is extremely bumpy, uh, and as we know, riding on bumpy grass is very hard. It's really hard. Yeah. No matter which way you're going, up, down, or just straight across. Well, and there's a lot of up on Ronsa, and, like, you can sort of see it on the videos, but then you get there, and it is, like, uh, I mean, it's indescribable. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It, the run-up, the, the kind of, I don't know if I'd say famous run-up there, but, like, the main run-up there is just, it's mind-boggling. It's so big. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you really get the idea, like, it really drives home that this is a sport for, uh, you know, professionals and, like, extremely elite riders in Belgium. You know what I mean? Yeah, when you, I, I was feeling that way because I recently looked at a, uh, handlebar camera video of oh, yeah. a lap of, of uh-huh. the new Copenberg cross course. Oh, they changed the course. <laughs> yep. And it Go looks on. so hard. So first of all, you climb up part of the Copenberg. It's and on then yeah, you the wind... hill that the Copenberg climbs. This race is like on the side of that hill, mostly on the grass. Yeah. The and then, the and then there's like some scary stuff going like downhill on the grass and then a lot of going uphill and then more of the Copenberg. It's just like crazy difficult uphills and then like 
terrifyingly fast, bumpy, ridiculous downhills. Right. And so what happened is, so the, it looks like they changed the course. Like, because I saw this video too, because you linked it on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's it's a good idea. You know, a bar cam, also important to understand, a bar cam always flattens things out a lot. So it's actually worse than it looks. <laughs> so, like, keep that in mind. Um, but, yeah, it's like the Kaltenberg cross course was already um, pretty bonkers. Because it's like you have to climb like halfway up the Kopenberg, and then you like climb up some more, and then you like go down, and then you climb up some more, all in this like super bumpy grassy field, um, which looks unpleasant. And then yeah, the scary stuff you talked about. And I guess they were looking at the course, and they were like, ah, we should uh, we should really spice this up a bit. I feel like I feel like this race is good, but it could be great. But it's it needs a certain je ne sais quoi. And they're like, ah, more climbing. And the guy was like, the course designer was like, that's it. <laughs> so they added they added more climbing. It looks like to me to Kopenberg, and then Al finishes on the top. Like you climb halfway to Kopenberg, you, you turn off, you do a bunch more climbing and stuff. Then you get back on the Kopenberg on the cobbles and sprint through the finish line over the top. And I like I hope that there's a a multi person sprint to the top, but I just don't think that the race will be together on the last lap. It seems improbable. I, Unlikely. It's, uh, <laughs> It's, uh, it just, I don't know. I have to say, I was looking at this bar cam, and I was like, this looks somewhat gratuitous. <laughs> but that's how cyclocross works in Belgium. I mean, at Ronsa, it was like, oh, and it's so great when they're, like, on the audio, and they're rolling the heck out of that R. They're like, Ronsa. Uh, the DVV, oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> it, it, you're there, and you're like, this is gratuitous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's that's what it is. You got to do it. That's uh, that's how it works. So, Ronsa. Ronsa. You know, that, the the R's. You know most R in most uh, uh, you know European languages is actually really at the front of the mouth. It's trilled, and it's only uh, in English. Well, not only in English, but English is notable for anyway. This is very interesting, isn't it? In that the R is kind of far back. Uh, <laughs> Which is why it's difficult for English speakers to drill their R's sometimes. All right. Uh, yeah, so that was cool. Um, oh, man, sorry. I'm a little scattered. I was That's just... okay. Well, I mean, welcome um, back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. I'm run- I was running behind today because I needed to get some pizza dough made before we started. And Real problems. Real problems. I actually have a question uh, real quick yeah. for you about that because, like, I feel, I feel like, you know, you're Italian... I am. You you can confirm this, and I think that our well Italian American, but I, I think our well, listeners sure. can tell from my hand gestures on this podcast. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> man. <laughs> you should see them in real life, people. It's like you can hear the hand gestures, but when it's like in your face, you're just overcome with Matteo's charisma. <laughs> um, you know the uh, was the Godfather quote? You know, olive oil voice and guinea charm. That's. Uh, <laughs> That's Matteo. But anyway. I'm, I'm more of a leave the gun, take the cannoli kind of guy myself. <laughs> and while you're at it, uh, take some more cannoli. Take. You're gonna, it's, it's dangerous to go along. Take the cannoli. <laughs> oh, along. crap. I took the gun and left the cannoli. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Matteo. Now I'm going to uh, go anyway, back. Right. <laughs> right. Man, we're getting so diverted. I had a question about the pizza because I had to... I had to I, I found myself with a problem, mm-hmm. um, and I need you to. I, I'm sort of seeking 
uh, forgive me, Godfather. Uh, I, I'm seeking your input on whether this was a terrible thing. But, you know, I made the pizza dough, and I got to, like, my last cup of flour, and it was, it was a little short. Just a little short. So I kind of had enough. I've got enough flour, you know, to make a dough, but not quite enough to, like, you know, get my hands coated with the flour so that I can, like, really knead the, the dough, and it's kind of, it's a little too sticky, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking, and I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, what am I going to do? Uh, so I, I go into my cabinet, and the, the only other kind of flour-like substance I have is, uh, now, now please, um, I'm really, I really hope I didn't get this wrong, but it was, I, I had some brown rice flour. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I didn't, I only used like a couple tablespoons. So my question, because I just needed to do the part where you, you know, you, again, you need like the, the dough to soak up just like that last bit of flour so that it's not just like totally sticking to yeah. the bowl, you know? Which is what, so I mean, that, any, anytime you're making a dough, you're using like just, like just enough flour to just, it's wet and then you add like a little bit more and then it's not wet, but it's still super it's, pliable. Yeah, it's pliable. It's got like it's not exactly tacky, but sort of is. You know, it's got mm-hmm. like a you can feel the slight moistness to it, mm-hmm. but it's not. But it's not sticking to your hands. It but becomes this like crazy non-Newtonian fluid. It's yeah. It's actually uh, the physics of it are quite a thing. So do you think do you think I did okay? Just a couple tablespoons. Of I think you did flour? okay. If you were going to tell me that you used like baking soda or something, <laughs> I wouldn't want that. I was pizza. running through the things that would be like really bad. Like no, how could you do like a like, you know, because it's still a flower. Good, great, it's a flower. Like, I think, you know, maybe yeah. even, like, cornmeal would have worked. Yeah, that's the other thing that, like, would have, yeah. Or even, like, oats in a pinch. Oh, that's an interesting point. I would have had to grind them up. Yeah, you'd want to grind them up. food processor, get some you'd oat wanna, flour. You'd grind that up. might have even been a better idea. Well, I don't know if it would have been a better idea. Anyway, you'll, you'll barely taste it. It'll be like, you know having cornmeal on the bottom of the crust though i think many people disapprove of that now we um, we've we have had an argument since way back and i think that there that there's been a tension between us for a long time that we haven't really acknowledged it's true about whether or not to use uh you so you roll out your dough and then whether or not to lay some olive oil down on top of the dough before mm, you mm. finish dressing your pizza indeed, indeed. i'm a proponent mm. and you're incorrect <laughs> are just, those are just the two sides. That's, of, that's not how I would characterize it. Not exactly how I would characterize it. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I just I just have concerns. But uh, someday, someday we will settle this. Mono a mono, uh, pizza a pizza, pizza a pizza, uh, <laughs> pizza pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that is not good pizza, though. Little Caesars, not good pizza. Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> fail uh but yeah so we'll 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 get to that at some point but uh anyway i'm I'm just glad you know it's strange to, like I, I i feel like i i'm consulting you on pizza and yet and yet i'm i'm perhaps harboring my own unorthodoxies in spite of that so perhaps perhaps i am mistaken but I well don't know. we will I, see we're gonna we are gonna duke it out someday it'll be a good time and we're gonna do yeah. such a good job making pizza that we're not even gonna know well, like, which one was which, and then we're going to do the thing where we don't let facts get in the way of a good argument, and then we're just going <laughs> to be a little bit drunk, and it's it'll be great. Yeah, it'll be exciting. And, you know, and then maybe we'll go, uh, we'll wake up the next morning and ride some bikes, and, uh, you know, it'll be fine. We'll ride some bikes. 
See, I, I just had to work. I was like, uh-oh. This is becoming, like, you know, <laughs> a pizza cast. Which, you know, that wouldn't be the worst thing. I'm, I actually wonder if there are any pizza podcasts out there because, uh, uh, you know, they're enthusiasts for, uh, of many things. Pizza is one of them. We could have a pizza cast. I feel like we're having a pizza cast right now. It's on. It's it's on. Pizza cast 2016. <laughs> pizza cast. All right. So let me let's let's uh, let's maybe I don't know. Let's look at our agenda. So while thing. you were gone, there were some world championships. Oh uh, yes, was it world championships in skateboarding? Uh, the honest skateboarding program. Was it World Championships in skydiving? Uh, are there such things? I don't know. Wakeboarding? What what sort of World Championships? Well, the road, the road. I was thinking of the road cycling World Championships. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Not are you sure it wasn't like the poker World Championships? Um, those did happen. Well, those were the regional championships that happened while you were gone. Oh, no kidding, huh? Yeah. Oh, who won? Uh, uh, Dan. Oh. Danielson. He's pretty good. Oh, Tom Danielson is doing poker now? No, Dan, is that what he's Dan, moved Dan, on to? Dan Danielson. Uh, <laughs> All right, so the world the the world world. that I came up with. <laughs> that's, yeah, I was, uh, I was really thinking on your feet there, Matteo. Good job. <laughs> uh, all right, so. <laughs> I am. Boy, I, I am not being a nice person tonight. Uh, so, all right, World World Championships. The thing, no, I know that you didn't you didn't watch it. But if if you were watching it, and if you were me, and if you had the same experience that I did, your experience would have gone something like well, this. Well, I, I do I do want to explain myself. I, I just want to justify myself as far as you know. I didn't watch the World Championships. I, I feel very bad. Um, and uh, for my excuse, I would just say um, I was I was sleepy. That's that's it. A pretty good reason. I was uh, I was like, eh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just anyway. like, eh. Well, it actually coincided with my like return to these United States, so that's that's mostly why. And then I just haven't. I've just been like, I should watch that, and then eh, I'm busy. All right. So what what's uh, what do you want to talk about with that? So I woke up and I was like, eh, it'll still be a little while until the end, and it's supposed to be this like. You know, flat criterium sprint course. Oh, so it's not interesting, mistake. but I'm gonna put it on with 100k to go just to see what's up. Or whatever. <laughs> I put it on the background, and I put it on and see that there's this group of like two dozen with like two minutes off the front, and that the peloton is really just like a group of like wrecked looking people. Yeah, or a cue. bunch of a bunch of groups like stretching back on the road. Cue close up of Matteo's the face. What? <laughs> <laughs> we, and you know, it, and like from there up until like you know three k to go, it still wasn't like a particularly interesting. I'm talking about the men's race, by the way. I'm talking about the men's race. Um, the women's race was, uh, you know, just also not that interesting course wise. But was, anyway, it was a sprint. Uh, yeah. Then the Dutch team controlled it really well, but didn't win the race. Mm. Um, but so I, it's still like fa- fairly boring race, all things considered. But I, I had to go back and watch like the the time that time period when um, some teams 
you know, put the whole field into the gutter in a crosswind and echelons formed in this front group, you know, rode away from the rest of the field. Yeah. And it happened so fast. Like, it wasn't long, like, prolonged periods. It was like, they turned a corner, they started that first echelon, and then there was a huge single file in the gutter. And, like, 30 seconds later, there were holes starting to open up, and the front group just rode away from the peloton. It was crazy. Yeah. It happened so fast. Like, so, so, so fast. The wind is a powerful enemy or ally. And I, and I wouldn't have even, like, sought to look, you know, look for that video footage, except I saw somebody tweet they'd, like, dug up Nikki Terpstra's Strava data. Uh-huh. And, like... When they turned the corner and and started to put things into echelons, that front group spent like 10 or 15 minutes going like 38 miles an hour. Oh my god. With this like cross tailwind in echelons. And yeah, I think I've emphasized this before, um, but it's worth, it's worth pointing out once again that people, people often will make them, you know, will assume, oh, well, a tailwind when you're on a bike is awesome uh, not in a bike race <laughs> it's it's terrible yeah because it reduces the benefit of the draft of the person in front of you <laughs> it sucks <laughs> yeah yeah man 38 miles per hour at for 10 oh my god they were just going like really fast so <laughs> i you know i it my... makes me sad just thinking about it like <laughs> My my world's recap oh. is like get the proxy server, go watch the footage, and just just watch like those few kilometers around like a hundred sixty k to go or something crazy like that, um, and watch because those aren't always the moments in races that you like get to see really well. They don't happen That's very true. often. They don't. Well, you know, and this only happened. This only the wind cooperated. Right, and it kind of didn't on any other race. It also helps that the men's elite road race is by far the longest, mm-hmm. um, so it's much more of an endurance test than the other races. And and so, you know, the dynamics in like men's professional road racing is pretty. You know, they're pretty different from any other group, pretty much. So there's you know a number of factors combined and a lot of the time you're just not going to be so fortunate <laughs> because there's just not much going on and you don't get that combination of wind and uh the belgian team having a vested interest in all that <laughs> and being we, able to put like seven riders in the front group or whatever can, can, can we just make a note by the way speaking of the belgian team tom bonin on the podium for the world championship in 2005 and 2016 now, admittedly, top step in 2005 versus, you know, 2015. But, I mean, come on. Like, he's still got, uh, you know, he's still got he's still got it. Yeah, I, I think Roubaix this year really showed that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that guy. Uh... Would have liked to have seen him be world champion again. But then again, I mean, Peter Sagan doubling up. There are, I, I think it's amazing that Peter Sagan doubled up. And I'm really amused that there there are people out there. I've seen them write things on the internet, and I did the whole like I can't come to bed. Someone is wrong on the internet thing about it. Uh. But like there are people who think that Sagan's talents are overrated, and I get that for like a number of years, like the hype about him has been pretty significant, 
And there have been times when the winds have not always followed. Hmm. But regardless, I think to ignore the fact that he's a two-time consecutive world champion with five green jerseys under his belt and has won, you know, Flanders, Gent Wevelgum, E3 Harold Becca, right? Like, and, yeah, and it's, it's just... Worth- Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you have to wonder who, like who else, who's currently active has similar, like similar palmares. Well, and it's also worth noting that these two world championship wins, it's it's not like they were both on like, oh well, they were on these quirky courses that like perfectly suited his strengths, right? Like the, it's the two very different mm-hmm. world road championship courses. Yeah, <laughs> like it's you know you've got Richmond, which is like twisty and technical and and kind of bumpy you know versus i guess doa cutter which is you know this huge stretch of just straight roads and flat roads and then like this flat circuit like come on these are yeah. you know to win i mean look at shoot look at like paolo bettini was the last guy to win like consecutive world championships like it was you know like not that those courses were identical but it's it's like races with some you know hills that kind of beat down the uh opposition over time and then like a small group or whatever he might have actually soloed to win in the first one he won i don't remember but like you know a little bit lumpy you know the plays of his strength courses that were kind of broadly similar in several ways whereas like completely different courses for peter sagan so that's yeah. you know it's and, worth and you know it's worth noting and like also any one day race um to win it more than once is not a fluke because it is hard to win one day races like consecutively mm-hmm. you know like so just like one tiny little thing can go wrong and then it's like well you know it's very different from a grand tour or a stage race which actually are you know not not things that he's so good at like just uh particularly like you know the tour de france or whatever is is essentially the guy who has the best power to weight ratio uh you know at the end of a long day um and can keep doing that for three weeks and doesn't fall off his bike (laughs) which is hard to do that but right i don't yeah like let's not right let's let's not like try and say that's easy but like the equation is simpler like line up these guys who has the best power to weight ratio Mm mm-hmm you know, you can like you can, you, can, you can screw something up in your first week, and it's not the end of your race in a grand tour, right? I yeah, mean, it's depending like, well, on how I bad mean, you screw it up, but you know. Well, yeah, I mean, you need to keep it close and all that, but like you know, it is a much it is it is much closer to being the simple to being a simple equation of like power to weight. Not that Peter Sagan doesn't have ridiculously high power to weight, um, but you know, and just power in general. But you know, like there's there's just you know weird little things yeah that set you back like a little bit in a multi-day stage race like race over there was that giro stage and this was like five years ago or a a good a good chunk of time ago when he was still quite young Mm -hmm. and it was one of those like death march stages where there you know it it went on to like circuits with some insane climb with like a whole chunk of time above 20 percent like down in the field people were walking that might have been terreno adriatico you're thinking oh yeah no it, it totally was terreno yeah, so it was a crazy stage, and the only people who, like, survived these repeated circuits were uh, Vincenzo Nibali, Joaquim Rodriguez, 
you know, two, like, stage race climbers. Yeah. And Peter Sagan. Yeah. And he outsprinted them to win the stage. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Rodriguez also not a bad sprinter for a skinny little guy. So yeah, he's, you know. he's got he's got the punch. He's got the punch. So yeah, okay. So so that's worlds and and so I don't know what's what's the summary on on that. Admitting that we're not really covering many other races that that happen. Yeah, no, we're just taking a look at that windy moment and wind is hard. Wind is hard. I I mean that's a thing. Like as a bike racer, that like. Not that I, like, am the best climber in the world, uh, though maybe we can talk about that if we talk about coaching and stuff. Yeah, so wait, um, well, but... good question. Are you the best climber in the world? No, it turns, okay. as it turns out. Straight from <laughs> no. the horse's mouth, folks. Straight from the horse's mouth. No, not even close. But, like, you know, I get, like, you know, I'm light. I, I make some decent power. Like, I climb okay, right? Uh, but then it's like, so, and I'm skinny, right? I'm small. So, like, when I watch people ride fast in, in like, the wind, that just blows my mind. Like, dudes who, you know, just, like, they, you know, people who can just ride me off their wheel. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, they're going win. tempo. Yeah, and they're going tempo. And I'm like, but there's, like, a 15-mile-per-hour cross headwind. How are you even doing this? Like, <laughs> how are you moving at more than 12 miles per hour? I don't mm-hmm. understand. And, you know, like, yeah, okay, so, like, I'm 125 pounds. <laughs> like, my raw power isn't that high. But, like, that's part of why it's, like, what? It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, should, do you want to... You had um, a thing on our little list of um, potential topics having to do with... Uh, uh, let's see. I think that... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at... I'm, I'm trying to kill time. Here it goes. It says, starting with a coach and starting training again. I'm wondering I'm wondering why that's on the list. So Yeah, well, I mean, it's a... Tell me about it. And have we talked about this on the show that like um, I I got a coach for the first time? I don't think we have actually. I think that we've been meaning to, and it just hasn't come up. Yeah, so I'm I'm starting working with a coach because I want to race my bicycle fast next year. Uh huh. Um, mm-hmm. It's really hard, you know. I I just sort of felt like I you know chucked in the deep end of uh, of some really hard work this past month um, with some workouts that make me think like, oh, you know what? Like even though I've been riding my bike enthusiastically for a little while since the racing season, like I have lost a step and it is hard work to get that step back. I hear I, I hear you. I'm in that and, boat. <laughs> and like, you know, like power meters are fun and cool except when they are just showing you these numbers that make you feel bad about yourself. Mhm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's so important to take the long view. It's so important to take the long view. But even knowing that, even loving that and embracing that, it's a big part of me that's still like, oh, oh this, is, this hurts so bad. I'm terrible. I'm just going to have to give up. <laughs> sure. So I'm deep in that. Like, I'm a, I'm a month into, uh, you know, being on, being on somebody else's program, which is, it's really interesting. It's really helpful to have you know, someone else who's seen a lot of different people's power data and seen a lot of people's programs and how they respond. It's really helpful to have a person like that, like take a look mm-hmm. at my stuff and say, all right, like, here's what I'd like you to work on. And here's how I would like to work on it. Cause I'm kind of tired of doing that for myself, you know, and there's only so far I think one can go self-coached. Yeah. Cause you've been, you've been self-coached for a very long time, haven't you? My, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time. And, and, you know, I, I think that coaching can help people but i also think that a willingness to like learn and go hard and try stuff can get a lot of people uh pretty far 
in bike yeah. racing. Yeah, it's it's true. It, you know, the thing that I've kind of come around to on the whether you're self coach or not, right? Uh, one of the things that can be really dangerous is is um, having you know a certain amount of experience and like letting yourself develop like strong immovable opinions about like what to do you know so that like when you if you do get a coach or if someone suggests something new that you're like no 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 that doesn't work <laughs> right mm-hmm. um but i think it's helpful you know to yeah i mean like it is hard to you know at some point probably you do need to get a coach partly for my big reason which is like accountability to someone that is not myself mm-hmm. um and partly because like yeah you know like maybe you need to try something different like maybe it's time to to mix it up or like think back and be like okay what was i doing when i had this season that was good and what was i doing during this season that was crappy and um like i think a coach a good coach can can actually help you synthesize that yeah you know and and like it it's uh, i i feel like you know it's it's important to be introspective and you need to be introspective if you're self-coaching or whatever, but, like, when you're being introspective with no one to, like, bounce these ideas off of, like, you just can get so tangled up in your own... Just in, like, the emotional aspect of it, like, of feeling bad about yourself and, like, why can't I do this right? And it's hard to be... It's hard to be dispassionate when, like, the only person that's hearing your thoughts about what you're dealing with and, like, how you're approaching your training is you. Yeah, because oneself is a very untrustworthy person. It's very, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, don't believe that guy. He never gets <laughs> this shit right. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. So it's yeah. So I and, and I've been coached on a basic level for a couple years now, and and um, you know, well, did I say a couple of years? I guess it's been like a year and a half. But you know, it really helps. Like for me, like part of what it is is just like being able to like pull up my little spreadsheet and it says go do this right and it's like well okay how does it how does it make you feel on those weeks when like you can't go do that especially like a few times in a row um that is really frustrating i've had that experience this year Mm -hmm. um and and that is the worst and then it's like how to figure out like like trying to figure out how to have like a communication about it like i don't know you got to be able to like say i'm not very good about going to people for help in like any aspect of my life Mm -hmm. um so it's a flaw (laughs) you know so um that is a real problem for me actually where it's like okay something is not going right and it's like what is going on and then i end up in that loop actually of like kind of talking to myself and being like well i just need to like sleep a bit more and like put my head down and like stop being a baby you know but you know i I, this year for me like i just kept spiraling it was just like this is not getting better (laughs) so yeah you know and then it was like when when we finally kind of hashed it up and i I talked to a bunch of people you know so it's like i'm not like changing coaches but i consulted some people and all that um in addition to like my my normal coach um and it, it was all like, dude, like, first of all, like, you need to chill out because you've got some numbers that suggest, like, that you've actually got some abilities, right? But, like, what the heck are you doing with, like, destroying yourself with all these 
hard intervals you're doing you know like mm-hmm. things like that um and it is like that context is also helpful by the way of like talking to someone and they can be like well like i, th- I think we've we've talked about this stuff right and you talk to your coach and it's, it's like um we've shared our numbers a little bit i don't want to go into like the, the different like numbers and stuff like that but like it, you know i've thought we've thought of ourselves as kind of similar riders it turns out we're very much not um, <laughs> which i think is really interesting um you know where it, it's it's like i show you my numbers and you're like I've never seen numbers like that for these durations. <laughs> and you're and you're like lighter than me. Yeah, by a fair bit. <laughs> but on the other hand, like you're so much more successful, right? As like an elite racer. And and like um you know, you, you as it turns out talking to your coach, it's like, wow, you know, it, your max power, right, isn't super high, but you you can keep doing it. That's what yeah, that's what my coach says. Yeah. So, and it just, you know, it, it's helpful to have, like, these insights into, like, okay, like, what is bad and what's good? Like, for, for you maybe, right, like, uh, like I don't know what your, your, like, plan is, but it's, like, if the idea is, like, well, I'm going to get to, like, you know, 10 kilometers before the finish line and then use my ridiculously high three-minute watt per kilo, you know, <laughs> watts per kilogram to get away, but, and, like, maybe that's not what you're doing, right? Maybe that's not your strategy. Yeah. And, like, the coach can work with, with you on that. You my, my strategy tends to be, like, hang on and then get lucky. But that's good. That's much more successful than like have some <laughs> have good three minute watts per kilogram, but then like use it in the first ten minutes of a race, and then you're dead. So, <laughs> I've done I've done this many times. Um, <clears throat> not recommended. <laughs> it doesn't tend to work super well. I've done so, that too. I've just chosen not to race those types of races anymore. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah, someone was actually telling me, like, geez, Greg, maybe you should race track. I was like, well, yeah, I would if there was one nearby. <laughs> but there's not. Yeah. What was me? Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 always helpful to have, a, you know, someone to talk to. And, and maybe, like, someone with a different perspective, too. I just had a long conversation with um, my pal Ian yesterday um, about uh, – of Slam That Stem, uh, name drop. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but, you know, just about how hard it is, like, the amount of work it takes for, like, a normal person to um, to kind of, quote-unquote, I guess, make it, right, in elite racing and, like, the toll that can take on you. And, like, you know, you got to have a – and maybe you can, cons- can consider how you're approaching it and maybe be okay with, with not, be, not being super fast, you know. Um, so it's it's good to get that like like some perspective about it, like because you know again this can be from a coach, it can be from someone who isn't your coach, but like you know it's so easy to get surrounded by people who are like work super hard and get fast and da, 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 and then like there's like a I don't know and you know and that's the thing like when you wanna you wanna like figure out how to be successful, you also have to think like. How, how do I still love it, and how long am I willing to like work super hard and be super fast? Yeah, and like successful in what, right? Like, what does successful mean? <laughs> yeah, and like, like successful, like I'm I'm a huge proponent of like sometimes successful is like winning that race that's your target. Other times, mm-hmm. like, and this is and this is really important. Like, success is like finishing in the top fifty percent of that field in that race or yeah. in one of those races in the series. Like, yeah, that's a win. And if and quite frankly, listeners, like if you know someone who's you know better than you or as good as you or worse than you and like 
that's their goal, like, honor that. Because I think that that's not quite captured enough in our, like, competitive sport. Is yeah. that our, our goals sometimes can and should be... And I'm not talking about, like, a participation award, but they can and should be, like, challenges. Like, bars that we have to reach yeah. that are not... Not ones that other people might see as successes, but they can be. And we should work toward those because, mm. because like, that's the process, you know? The the process to, like, being able to, you know, top 10 or podium or win a race is, like, first you have to be able to finish that race. Well, you know, and honestly, like, for me right now, my goal this season, this cyclocross season, is to, like, to go to races and, like, have a good time and, like, race with rad people that I like and, like, mm-hmm. hang out with them in a race, you know? Like, because... <laughs> you know and it's like right it's because i'm not very fast right now but it's like okay like the goal is be okay with that and have a good time riding your bike um and and that's actually hard i've found like my (laughs) i don't know about you my problem is that i'm like really competitive but not very good at bike racing (laughs) (laughs) so uh it's uh it's challenge. I've got a I've got a I've got a bullseye on like everybody's back and like most of them I will probably never catch. <laughs> it's uh you know, it, it's it's so easy to get swept up and it's like there are other things in life. But yeah, I mean like if you do want to improve, man, the coaching thing is um pretty helpful, I think, to, to get another to start bouncing those ideas off of someone else's head. It can. And I'm and I'm also sure that we can we can probably each, you know, like praise our coaches and and field questions from anyone who's interested in like hey who, who do you work with and yeah direct people in those in those places but i also think like as much as i'm like i'm pumped to work with my coach and he's super smart his name is robert mayfield um mm-hmm. but but like i i also recognize that like i think a lot of people can can like learn how to self-coach and maybe at that point they're going to be like once they do that learning they're going to be more equipped to uh understand and use what a coach brings them if and when they start working with a coach right right uh okay good talk i feel like we haven't had a good you know, like racer talk in a little while mm-hmm. so, so that's that was good. a good that was a good talk yeah we did we, we you know me and me and francis had a nice conversation about um how hard cross season can be <laughs> a couple weeks ago uh, you wouldn't know because you weren't there and i know you don't listen to the podcast yeah sorry but, uh... guys <laughs> what are you talking about i listened to our but po- wait no i i'm a participant i don't need to i have listened to our episodes just to be like did that one sound good that one was fun did it sound good and <laughs> well, i'm like sometimes... yeah but i just i just don't listen to podcasts in general <laughs> although i did oh, i did man. listen to a and in the crosshairs recently Oh, which one did you listen to? I listened to the Double Dance Spectacular. Oh, that was so good. That was. was another thing I mentioned on the last one uh, that <laughs> with Francis that it's going to be out at some point. Uh, yeah, that was a great episode, the Double Dance Spectacular, because it was Dan Shabanoff, of course, friend of the show, Dan Shabanoff. We can friend of the show. Him. Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. What's up? How you doing? Uh, and Dan Legois. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, other You Dan. listen to the episode and you don't know how to pronounce it. Well, I got the, the wah part. It's did you not, not listen to the first 15 minutes? I did. I did. I just don't remember the next... I don't remember how his name <laughs> starts. I don't remember if it's like Lagua or Lana or... You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, I mentioned this, but this might is this, since this is gonna be out first, um, I'll mention it again. Hey, Dan, what's up? Uh, yeah. Um, maybe we'll track you down at CSI or something, and I don't know. You'll give us a juicy soundbite, and in exchange, um, we we think you're great. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll we'll find you. I uh, I actually was at Gloucester. Um, on the Sunday and I thought I saw Dan I was like oh, I should go over and say hi and then I didn't for some reason um, so that was very silly but you know uh, we'll, we'll correct that and, and we'll make sure that we we'll make sure that we uh, uh, really milk our connections more effectively from now on <laughs> <laughs> you want to get those vital retweets huh <laughs> I mean, those retweets, those retweets are gold. <laughs> They're pretty important, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, actually, I I I, I want to mention again because once again, this is what I mentioned when me and Francis were talking the other day. Um, hey, thanks, thanks for the mention on the Double Dan podcast, Dan Shabanoff, because he, uh, in the midst of a wide angle podium um, uh, promotion bit, which we're gonna do in just a second. Uh, Dan said, I listen to the Honest Bicycle program. I like them. And uh, we applaud your taste, Dan. We appreciate that. Thanks for the mention. Uh, speaking of which, the Wide Angle Podium Network. That's we're a, a part of it. That's a, yeah, we're part of it. We're part of it. It's a network of awesome podcasts. Uh, many for of viewers them are, like you. Uh, viewers, yes. And many of them, I mean, you know, they're sitting there and enjoying the spectacle of your fantastic hand gestures, Matteo. Um, hey! Can't look away. Can't look away. Uh, <laughs> hey! All right, all right. That's uh, all right. So take off that leather jacket. <laughs> it's a little. It's looking a little How warm in there. <laughs> I can see it. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the wine angle podium. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's like the combination of, oh, Matty, it's been too long since you were on the show. <laughs> I know it's, it's been too long. I'm really, I'm, I'm really disappointed in you, but I'm, I'm glad you're back. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've just enjoyed myself, and also I've got, I've got most of the way through this old fashioned now. Oh, I'm so jealous. Oh, I'm sorry. Why are you going out later? I got no whiskey in the house. Oh, what? How did you even let that happen? I don't know. That's. Oh man. I actually go like fairly significant stretches without any whiskey in the house. Uh, okay. I, I I think I'm now adding to your fee for being my mechanic at um, Cross Nats. Oh, uh, yeah. When is that again? Uh, oh, I'm racing January 8th. January... Friday, Friday, January 8th. Is that doable for you? Yeah, I can make it happen. All right. That's awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just add, like, a nice bottle of whiskey to the tap. What time um, of the day on January 8th? <laughs> like nine twenty or something. <laughs> Sweet. Hashtag Ice World. <laughs> like for real. Um, oh, that's gonna be so man. Nine a.m. <laughs> I mean, they look. They had Nats in Madison, Wisconsin, in January, and oh, it's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's rough, man. All right. Anyway, we were talking about wide angle podium. We got extremely derailed. Mm-hmm. 
But I feel like we need to keep talking about the Wide Angle Podium for just a minute because, like, you know, it's a good network. Lots of great podcasts on there. Uh, many of them are cycling kind of focused, but uh, not 100%, right? There's the Kids Don't Follow Music podcast. I hear rumors that there's going to be a new one pretty soon uh, on that, so pay attention to that. There's the Slow Ride, of course. There's the Consummate Athlete. There's uh, the Myerson Line. We're all looking forward to Adam's next show. So <laughs> I, I'm sure that's going to happen. They're, you know, the, he's focusing on uh, quality over quantity now. Um, it, it really is good. His interview, I, I don't mean that just to be snide, though. I, I am also being a jerk. Um, but, you know, he did a really great interview with Bobby Lee. Um, you know, you, mutual friend of yours, Matty, I know, Bobby Lee. Well, um, like like Twitter friend. Well, yeah, well, that, ca- that, that counts, sort of. Um, he's, he's, who, he's, an, he's a nice young man, but we don't, like, chat at bike races. Ah, I see, I see. Well, you know. Maybe next but time. Maybe we next did time. once. Twice. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that time when you beat him. Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So so really good interview with Bobby Lee. Um, did you listen to that one? I did. Good, good, good. Yeah, it was a great one. Uh, and just you know, Crosshairs Radio, of course. Um, lots of good stuff worth checking out. They really, really help make this possible. Like, look, we're all we're all on new microphones. Um, we've been we sound into- and we sound great. We sound fantastic because we have like pop filters and all that stuff. Um, yeah, which apparently don't stop like the uh, cheek pop sound, but uh, hey, you know, <laughs> they're not perfect. Uh, that was all lips, baby. That's, oh, that was good. Wow. All right. But anyway, it's all thanks to you, our supporters, our listeners. So, like, and, and by that I mean, like, look, you can listen for free, obviously. Uh, and and that clearly sends some kind of good vibes over the airwaves back to us. I'm not sure that good vibes is a thing I believe in, but uh, you know it's real, it's happening. But you can do us an even greater solid and help us fund yet more exciting ventures, such as like I, I don't know, I don't know, some kind of advanced Dan Shabanoff irritating technology on the internet. <laughs> Uh, since that's apparently now what we do, um, what <laughs> is that? What we're, maybe he's not irritated. Maybe he, maybe he just loves the attention. Uh, but <laughs> uh, anyway, but you, you know, you can fund all our exciting projects that we're going to do. Like I think me and Francis are going to get together for the Cycle Smart International, and like I don't know, we're going to do something, um, and that'll that'll be fun. Uh, if you become a member, so go to wideanglepodium.com/slash/donate. And become a member. Like, it really helps us out. Uh, it, it, it makes this easier to do because, look, we're not getting paid for this. We're not making millions and billions of dollars. We're not even making tens and tens of – well, we're making tens and tens of dollars. Ten, is, tens uh, of dollars. Yeah, tens of dollars. We're um, becoming ten heirs. <laughs> ten heirs. And, it, you know, With it, our it does help. Empire. It does help. Oh, it's a vast <laughs> – Vast. A few more donors and we'll become hundred heirs. Distant, distant uh, borders. Um, but you know, it means a lot. It makes it easier to do it. There is some work involved. Like, look, it's fun, but like, you know, there's also some work involved, and uh, we, we appreciate the help. So, become a member, and you know, by the way, when you do that, you get all sorts of exciting bonus content from, well, so far the other programs in the Wide Angle Podium Network. But I swear, we're going to do something. Maybe it's Cycle Smart. Maybe me and Francis should start planning something. Uh, <laughs> it'll be like a special. The uh, the episode. other podcasts aren't willing to say this, but we put the bonus in bonus. <laughs> uh, 
It's true. Yeah, <laughs> slash donate. I'm just like, I was like, let's gloss over that. I'm not really quite sure what that means. Move past uh, it. Just move past it. It, it. it feels like something like from an episode of Archer or something. I'm like, all right. <laughs> just getting kind of family unfriendly. Not that this is a family friendly show, by the way. Uh, it just depends on the type of family. <laughs> heavily dependent upon the type of family. It's true. Uh, all right. Wine and podium. It's good. <laughs> TM. So uh, we should probably look at wrapping it up. However, you did have one more note in our agenda. I do. Yeah, I I just I have I have a story to tell about a friend, a dear friend who uh, lost a bicycle due to uh, high winds and a car roof rack. Mm. And I think like we. So we, hang we, on, hang on, hang on. I want to interrupt you for a second. Isn't a car roof rack kind of? Isn't high winds sort of just like the normal environment of a car roof rack? Like, shouldn't it be designed to deal with high winds as a matter of course? You know, I I, I don't know the answer to that. And I think, like, the more you start asking questions, the more you, like, you just ask questions that can't be answered. You know, like, is somebody responsible for this or something? It was a tragic accident. I think we've all known somebody who's lost a deer bike prematurely. And so I think, like, just pour one out, you know, for... For those good bikes that leave us too soon. That is sad. That is sad. That is like my that's my worst nightmare is like losing something on the highway. Yeah. Alright. Well I'm not gonna pour it out, I'm gonna pour it into my mouth. Pour it out into your mouth. <laughs> so you know. Uh that's sad. I d we don't want that to happen. Yeah. Um, so we're sorry, friends bike. And uh hey, you know, check the straps on that hitch rack. Check uh check the straps on that uh, uh tailgate rack, whatever. You know, make sure Make sure the roof rack is secure. Just um, keep an eye on that, you know? Hold your loved ones close. Hold your loved ones close. All right. Well, I think that's an episode. I think I think we got to go. I think we, we got to go. Greg, I have enjoyed your company and the company of all of our listeners who've uh, joined us here today. It's true. Thank you for being with us on this, the most auspicious of days. Um it is Halloween, by the way. Happy Halloween, man. Oh, happy, happy, yeah, happy Halloween. What are you happy dressed Halloween. up as? I am dressed up as um, a guy. <laughs> I am dressed up as the tragic failure of the American dream. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, that's heavy. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, that's, uh, what, are, what are you dressed up as, Matteo? I, like, I'm trying, I'm, like, struggling to come up with something that's as, like, crushing as that. <laughs> but I don't I don't know like the prison industrial complex but it's the same like what <laughs> I also well, we don't hope know that we're, up as we hope that we're, we hope that we're leaving you all on a you know sufficiently depressed and uh, sad note um, but you know until next time uh, I've been Greg and this is Matteo and thanks for listening to the Honest Bicycle Program we love you all we'll catch you next time good night and good luck.